Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. It's November 18th, 2019. I'm Hannah Hart. This week we're in the studio with Tony Chaushi and Sarah Garcia, who were two of our reporters for the recent Ben Shapiro visit to campus. And so we decided to talk about this today because there's been a lot of excitement for lack of a better word, uh, in the around the country recently about how student publications cover protests and cover really controversial events. So we thought we'd bring you guys in to chat a little bit about it because you guys did some great coverage for us. So why don't you guys take a second to introduce yourselves, um, tell me a little bit about what made you want to report on Shapiro's visit and what you guys kind of focused on. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Um, I'm from Houston, Texas. I am a senior here at BU, graduating in December. I am a journalism major with a focus in photography. And um, I wanted to report on the event. I mean, obviously, I, I come from probably a different political background than most people here in the Northeast. So um, I thought it was interesting that we would have uh, Ben Shapiro come to a very liberal school um, and I just kind of wanted to see like what the reaction would be, um, kind of what the the audience would be like, I guess. And mm-hmm. it was actually um, very surprising turnout, um, I thought, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, no, I just I just wanted to see what that was like. I cover a lot of protests at the state house, um, and I have never really covered an event like this. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. Um, I am originally from Albania. Um, moved here in 2010. I went from undergrad in Worcester, where I live now. Um, a master's, uh, I'm doing a master's in journalism right now here at BU. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had an interest in politics. Um, obviously, Shapiro is very outspoken about that, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, so, to me, he's uh, more of a phenomenon rather than a political figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of see it with uh, the eye of an analyst to, to kind of try to understand him and also those who, who follow him. So kind of to, to piggyback off of Sarah's, I wanted to see who, who was there, um, what they had to say. And it was a surprising turnout, actually. We kind of talked to, to Sarah about yeah. this before yeah. we walked in and uh, we, we saw people that we wouldn't think mm-hmm. that they would be there. But yeah, and it was it was fun. Yeah. Always, it's always fun to, I think at the moment it's very tense and very stressful, but then afterwards kind of look, looking back on it, it's like, that was a really good experience for me. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of how it kind of played out, I think it's always a good experience as a journalist to throw yourself into that frying pan a little early. So you guys have mentioned, you know, a surprising turnout. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of observing that situation. Um, I think there were a lot more supporters than I had anticipated, given all of the outcry uh prior and um i think that also a lot of people that you would have thought were supporting him were actually uh criticizing him in the moment Mm -hmm. um too so that i think was what surprised me the most exactly yeah i noticed that too um obviously the the left-wing protesting was something that was expected Mm -hmm. uh, with the that was protesting two weeks before that at marsh plaza 
um, which I covered and I, I took pictures of that event. Um, but there were uh, people that were also conservatives, but from the alt-right, who during the Q&A, for example, they were protesting him, um, they were calling him out, they were calling him names, they were calling him a liar. Um, so th- th- there's there's a distinction there to, to be made uh, for the people who, uh, at first sight, that you'd think that they should be on his side, but, mm-hmm. but they're actually not, and they're far from that. Yeah. Yeah, I also think it was it was a lot more tame than I think everyone expected. Yeah. I mean, what was it, $13,000 worth of security, and no one even walked on with a sign. So, yeah, um, yeah I know. I, I, I think that was probably surprising to me too I, I was kind of also there to like see if there would be like some like chaos and commotion mm-hmm. and it was really just kids shaking their fists and yelling and then leaving yeah. so yeah not really I mean um from what I noticed um it, it was more of a annoyance from from Shapiro's side at least from for for what they did they just walked out and then there were um some other guy that that was uh trying to, to interrupt him, I think, maybe like four times, and he was escorted out eventually. But yeah. um, it, was, it was definitely something you, you had to be there, and uh, you, you'd want to be there and, and witness. It, mm-hmm. was, it was interesting. Yeah. So when I, I know that there were some moments of tension inside uh, with, you know, protesters who were escorted out, um, and while they weren't getting out of hand, it was – something that we had anticipated from the editorial staff. We were kind of like, okay, what are we going to do if things get hectic? You know, how are we going to handle that as a as a staff? And so tell me a little bit about what your guys' experiences inside were with that and how you guys handled it in the moment. Honestly, it was, it was kind of like any time someone kind of acted out, the mm-hmm. rest of the crowd was very against people acting out. And I think that was mainly because they wanted to hear what he had to say, whether or not they agreed with him or not. Like people were there to listen and it felt a little counterintuitive, I guess, for people to just be protesting inside when like they haven't even heard what he had to say yet. Um, but I also think that, you know, as a journalist, you're just, you're kind of there to just observe. And I never felt uncomfortable at any point. Mm-hmm. i I would say I was I was just kind of there. And as soon as something was happening, you pull out your camera, your phone and you're I mean, I, I was live tweeting. So I'm pulling out my phone and I'm just kind of following what's happening. You stay out of the way, too, because, you know, you have these like security guards coming. Or, I mean, I was like in the middle of the aisle and these guards are like coming around me to mm-hmm. like go and get this this kid that was in the front. And um, I mean, that's kind of like awkward, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, you just kind of observe and stay as much out of the way as possible and um i mean i don't i don't think people minded that we were there either mm-hmm. i was also um kind of surprised about that because like as we were like walking down the aisles to like get photos and stuff people weren't like yelling at us to get out of the way or anything yeah. um so i think i think we were pretty welcomed honestly yeah for sure yeah um i i interviewed um, a lot of people that were there um i was trying to keep a healthy variety. Um, I noticed there were a lot of people from the Jewish community, so mm-hmm. I tried to... But everyone was was uh, welcoming. Uh, they were a little reluctant to, to share their names, but um, mm-hmm. on the average, they were happy to, to, to talk and, and to give, at a, at a certain extent, their opinion yeah. um, about, about what was happening. But it was, it was very interesting to, to notice um, the, the protesting. 
And of course, I mean, we we expected much more, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but fortunately, not that did not happen. Yeah, um, it, was, it was very tame. I think my experience was actually pretty similar. I was outside doing live tweeting and photography of the protests that were happening outside, and I followed them from Marsh Plaza to the Track and Tennis Center. And one of the things that was really interesting to me was that um, it was kind of interesting for me to see the difference between the different reporters who were out there. Um, so, for example, I would kind of, I would go in and take a couple pictures and then I'd try to get out of the way. And then there was a number of other reporters there who would like literally step in front of me every time <laughs> I tried to take a picture. And I was just kind of like very frustrated. And I don't know if that's just because I'm a college student and I would want, you know, my fellow college student reporters to be able to get in and get their right. own shot and not, you know, mm-hmm. hog the thing. But um, so that was kind of an interesting experience for me. But one of the things that surprised me a lot, especially given the recent you know, controversy about talking to student protesters and getting their names Mm -hmm. and all that stuff was how willing people were in Mm -hmm. that protest to give me their name and how people were like, oh, yeah, this is who I am. This is what school I'm in. And I would like, are you quoting me? Here's my quote. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not always the experience, because sometimes I think more often than not, people are hesitant, kind of like in your experience, Mm -hmm. Tony, to to give their name or, or to be quoted super extensively. But... I think, and I think that that is part of just kind of being in Boston. I think Boston people, whether they are, you know, transplanted here or they've lived here their whole lives, they're usually pretty open about, you know, what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that was a really interesting experience that I had. And I think also being kind of in the midst of all the protests, I was a little concerned about any chaos that might erupt. But it was, it was, at least for the time that I was there, shockingly Tame. Tame. Mm-hmm. Or not, not quite. I wouldn't say tame because, you know, there was chanting and there was right. the passing around of hot beverages. Um, but it was pretty civil. Um, yeah. It was pretty civil. And so I was, I guess I was comforted a little bit from a journalistic standpoint that I wasn't going to have to, you know, muscle my way out of anything. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, I know just for me, I, I think the younger you are, the more like apprehensive you are about that. Right. You know, I think some of my friends who are grad students are much less you know, concerned about that. They're just like, ah, like you can handle anything. And whereas I feel very small sometimes in those situations. So I think, but I think it's also all about experience, you know, like as a journalist, the more you experience, um, the less chaotic it gets. So what would you guys say were some of the hardest moments, um, of this coverage Mm. or hardest, maybe the hardest thing about doing this coverage? Um, for myself was to kind of untangle what, what Shapiro was saying. Um, I've been, following him to to kind of understand what his Mm -hmm. rhetoric is uh, for a while now, but trying to untangle what he's saying right there on the spot is very difficult because he tailors everything according to Mm -hmm. what the venue is. Yeah. So in this case, for example, like he, um, he preferred to black BU rather than bring in something that he had talked about before. Mm -hmm. Um, So right then and there, you have to, be able to, to understand he talks really fast yeah, too he talks yeah so fast, Very fast. <laughs> so i mean he makes definitely makes use of out of the thesaurus yeah <laughs> so you you yeah. really have to you have to really pay attention so i think for me at least trying to take notes and uh trying to record and i think it was uh, separate from from actually writing my article i think doing the work before it took about the same time yeah because uh, I, I didn't want to come off as as not knowing what uh, he was saying and 
not knowing what uh, I want to, to get it precisely what what he was saying, and I think I did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> I think you probably had a, a more difficult time because like you then had to like write an article, and I, I wasn't writing about it. I was just I was just there, and I was documenting what was happening. But it, I mean, he, that man speaks so quickly. Yeah. And then he's also like quoting other people, which like I understand because he like wants people to like fact check him, and like he wants to have like all of this evidence. But like I was kind of more waiting for like more of like what he had to say as opposed to like he was you know bringing in all these quotes of like the founding fathers and all of the stuff and that was kind of a lot for me to like unpack and like then also like pick out what was the most important part to then put online you know and then by the time you're like sending out this tweet he's already moved on to a whole new subject, a whole new subject. Yeah. i'm like oh god where am i um but yeah no i think that was you know, you said it perfectly, like unpacking what he's saying as he's saying it and picking out the most the most vital pieces um, to his speech, um, which I think wound up for us, I, I would say wound up being at the end when he was referring it back to BU and, and how he was relating it to us. And that makes mm-hmm. it more of a localized standpoint. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, no. And then um, I guess like covering the questions too, you know, like putting that into context because people you know I, I can't get every question i mean when, when these kids are asking questions they're like rambling on you know mm-hmm. and then he's like answering pretty like straightforward but um that that's a bunch of different topics too that are, are just kind of being shot out um i think that was also pretty difficult yeah also i'd like to say that they should have put press in a better position mm-hmm. yes. because they put us <laughs> in the far left of the venue and if you were if, i mean if you were like us it, taking imply anything but by putting us on the far yeah, left. Kind, kind, of, <laughs> kind of rude. But um, yeah, no, I mean, like if, if you're taking photos or you're live streaming, you're literally not getting anything except for the back of people's heads. And I mean, luckily they had like huge speakers so you can hear what he's saying. But um, no, it would have been nicer to be probably like over to the side and like a closer position mm-hmm. um, just so that, you know, we're just there to tell a story, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that that's something that is very frustrating at these kinds of events because you see sometimes you know sometimes they're very much willing to kind of like give journalists a long leash and kind of let us wander around and whether they give you just time in the beginning or time during to kind of peruse around like the front and up the aisle Mm -hmm. um but then there are situations where they kind of cram you into into a literal like press Mm -hmm. cage so it's (laughs) it's i it's understandable, but it's also very frustrating mm-hmm. yeah. to deal with as a reporter, especially as a photographer, because that's not a good angle yeah, <laughs> for no. a shot. Over to the side, I'm like, I can barely see his face. There's yeah. no focus. I mean, I'm glad I brought like a longer lens, but I mean, my phone was not doing me any favors mm-hmm. for, for tweets and stuff. I don't think I got a single good photo. Yeah, and yeah, I think it was a little skewed yeah. further out. If you, I went um, to maybe get a question. Where the Q&A was happening, where the microphone was set up, it was the complete other side. side. And not only that, but it was closer to him. Yeah. So the press was to the very far left and back. Mm -hmm. So it was like southwest (laughs) of of the stage. (laughs) So, yeah, it was almost impossible. The line was very long. So by the time you'd get from there. So those are difficulties that you face, but Mm -hmm. um, you kind of have to make do with whatever you get. So I was just trying to pay attention to the questions because of the line. I I knew for sure I wasn't going to get my chance. Yeah. Um, So what would you say is a big takeaway that you guys had from covering the event? I think preparation is key, um, especially for something like this. Um, 
it's different if you're going for something that's maybe a little more low key because of of um the the content but i think for this case you definitely have to um do your homework mm-hmm. um the the more coverage there is prior to it i think that's a signal for for a journalist to know that yes you have to to sit down and do your research and uh find as much as possible about the the event about the speaker um whatever the the subject of the event is that way you're going to be much better prepared to to understand and and take in what is going to happen right then and there that might be very spontaneous sometimes mm-hmm. um some of the questions that we're asking for example like i didn't expect and i don't think Shapiro even expected uh them to ask uh the questions um but I think I did a decent job uh, of doing my homework, so I yeah. think it was a little easier uh, for me to, to kind of catch up. Even though I was maybe one step back, I think I eventually caught up and was yeah. able to, to to come up with an article. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree. Preparation as a writer is incredibly important. Um, I think less so for a photographer. Um, as a photographer, I think I think being there... You just need to be quick on your feet. You know, you need to be ready for whatever's going to be happening. As soon as you see some kid that's popping up, like you're you're ready. You're never dropping your guard. Um, I think that was probably, you know, just just really being in the moment. You know, you can't be distracted. Um, and especially when, the, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. Um, I think that, that was probably my biggest takeaway for like for covering an event like this. And also making sure I'm, I, I think that, you know, sometimes um, we find it difficult to speak to people from a different variety of political backgrounds because we may be concerned that either we're not asking the appropriate questions or that they just won't be willing to speak with us. But I think it's super important to remember that you should be covering all of your bases, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's definitely, that was, uh, even with the the... Um, people that were there that I was trying to pro uh, to I'm sorry to yeah. interview. Um, sometimes they were very passionate uh, mm-hmm. about him. Um, they were very passionate about what he says. So I I think you kind of have to keep a cool head, not because of what is being said, but the way that they say it. And sometimes they think that they have a misconception for example of what this media is going to be like what you're going to ask without you even asking the question Mm -hmm. so that might be a little unnerving but i think keeping a cool head is definitely keep keeps you keeps you steady yeah what would you guys say if if anything did you notice you were doing differently from other reporters who were there um i i probably wasn't (laughs) <laughs> following the rules so yeah. much um i a lot of reporters were staying off to the side that we were confined to i was kind of just like well you know what if they ask me to move then they're gonna ask me to move but i might as well get as close as i can mm-hmm. um when i can um i think i think that it, i think it was a first time for everyone you know yeah. um you're obviously not put in these situations uh frequently as a student journalist and um i think that you know there were a lot of 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 journalists that were hesitant um which is completely understandable but um yeah i think i think that maybe 
maybe don't follow the rules so much you know yeah, like you can't <laughs> yeah like do now apologize later so yeah, that like ask for forgiveness yeah. rather than permission yeah. yeah so um yeah so just just i kind of just went for it i think and i spoke to a couple staff and they were like yeah i mean if you like want to be walked up there and i was like eh, i don't really have time to ask you if i want to be walked want to be walked up so yeah. i think i'm just gonna go <laughs> yeah. um and it wound up being it wound up being fine you know yeah um you just you just gauge the the situation yeah i was yeah. in attack mode myself um, yeah. uh, like i was i said earlier i was always trying to, to keep a healthy variety of, of who I was, I was interviewing so they were in different corners of of um the the, the setup so i had to move around i had to to not shove people but <laughs> i really have to because mm-hmm. that as they were setting everyone up I, I didn't want to talk to begin before i could get some words from people so yeah. i had to to really run around and and try to get um as many quotes as possible mm-hmm. so. yeah great well what advice last question really what advice would you give to the next group of reporters whether it's yourself or other people uh who cover an event like this on or off campus mm. And like I said, you have to, you have to definitely do your homework. I think that, that get, they can get you any interview to, to go well. Yeah. Um, if you do your homework, I think the interviewee also will kind of, um, hone a sense of respect for you and will give you kind of more truthful answers. I've had cases last week, for example, I covered, uh, a Joe Biden, uh, primary in mm-hmm. New Hampshire and it was it was sort of difficult to to talk to some of the people that were there because they're very skeptical of the press mm-hmm. um even though I introduced myself as a student yeah uh, but they they were still they knew that they were going to be interviewed they they felt under scrutiny so I think if you bring in uh, good points by doing your homework well I think they also warm up to you better for um to, to be more concrete about this at, at Joe Biden it was firefighters um, mm-hmm. uh, that, that he was speaking in front of in Concord New Hampshire and I had done my research about uh, pensions um, how uh, they, they, they have a uh, they have the sort of a trade-off that they have they can choose uh, where they get paid less throughout their life but they get more uh, during during the pension so uh, coming up with that question rather than saying what do you think about Biden? which I noticed that a lot of journalists were doing there. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of took their sarcastic smirks off yeah. their faces. And right there, they understood that this is a serious question. Yeah. And they gave me a truthful answer um, rather than giving me short, curt answers that were kind of pointless mm-hmm. to, to have that weren't even good quotes. So, yeah. But, cool. but yeah, doing the homework, definitely. Yeah. I think my advice is to just, um, you know, when you see an event like this, don't be scared to take it on. You know, it's a it's a big event, but and, you know, some people are, are out of their comfort zone. But I was kind of deterred because, like, I knew the event was sold out. And I was like, should I go to this as a reporter or should I just go as a spectator? And um Honestly, I really didn't want to wait in that line. Um, but I reached out and I was like, you know what? And I, I reached out as a photographer and I got a job that like I've, I've never done. I've never done live tweeting. I honestly mm-hmm. don't use my Twitter for journalistic pur- purposes. Um, but this was a first time for me. And I think that 
you know, it's it's a good thing to have under your belt, you know, mm-hmm. try everything, even if it's something that kind of makes you uncomfortable or might be controversial, like you should definitely just go for it. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. That is it for this week's episode of Between the Bylines. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. For the full versions of our Ben Shapiro coverage, uh, visit BUNewsService.com slash podcasts and click on today's episode. And don't forget to join us at our Wednesday pitch meeting at 5.30 p.m. in Com B29. We'd like to thank Tony Chaushi and Sarah Garcia for joining us today, as well as our production team. This episode of Between the Bylines was produced by me, Hannah Harn. And be sure to check out our latest episode of Friday Five, where we fill you in on the latest news from Boston and beyond. Visit us online at bunewsservice.com slash podcast for more information. Thank you.